Welcome to Consider Yourself Hugged. I am Dr. Tammy West, your humble servant for this new podcast season. And you may be wondering, well, where is Michelle? That we both had so many things going on in life. And it just became very difficult for us to connect and try to record together, even over Zoom. And so we decided that we would change to a guest host status So Michelle will still be with us from time to time. Um, We decided that we would just take it week by week. Like if I had a topic that I knew she just had to be involved in, I would call her. And if she had a topic she just needed to talk about, then she would call me. So that's what's going on. So how have you been since April, I think, was our last time together. I'm pretty sure. Um, How have you been? Yeah, send me a send me a message, put it on the Facebook page, send me a text, put it on the blog, show notes, whatever it is. I would love to know what has been going on in your life. Of course, I'm always going to tell you what's going on in my life. And that kind of starts now, I think, you know, and if you haven't seen like I, I've talked so much in 2021 and 2022 about pandemic related, COVID related issues, and that doesn't stop now. But prior to now, it was like we were in it, right? And I don't know if you've had a chance, If I don't know if you all, if you watch my video clips or, but I will put a link in the show notes to a video clip where I'm kind of dramatic. And so you may have seen it. I have this big scroll, okay? And right now I'm sitting in the podcast closet pulling air as if I have a scroll in my hand. But But I pull this scroll and then I like talk about, the top struggles that befell my life during COVID. And I, I've talked about them. You all, we, some of us have, you've talked to me. I've talked to you. You know, I mean, I lost all my speaking. My husband lost his job. I've made the joke many times about him being home 24-7, you know. And in the video, I look in the screen because it's like, you know what I mean, 24-7. Whether it's a husband or just having other people in the house. So I talk about that and my kids moving home. And and I do hope, though, that I relayed the blessings that came through with that because there were certainly a lot of blessings. But and then I thought, you know, one of the things I don't know if we talked about um, was like the I don't know what you want to call them, the positives, the funny things, the new ways of life that happened, you know, during the past couple of years. Like I learned I could buy a bra at Sam's Club. I don't know if that's good or bad, but sure enough, there it was. Bras right there in Sam's Club. I colored my own hair, which I didn't cut for like a year at least. Um, getting dressed became optional. Okay, now, I don't mean getting dressed, but you know what I mean? Getting dressed up became optional. And and I remember too the time when we had to sell our house. Okay, wait. Oh, I, I just broke my own rule. We chose to sell our house because of all the pandemic stuff and it was just to downsize and there was that short period of time where like two months between when we sold our house and when our smaller house was ready so we were living with my daughter in her apartment complex in Orlando and it was such a different time you know for us anyway now let me let me preface this by saying you may not have had this experience over the past couple of years of not having work for part of that you know, I took a job in sales, but for a little bit of time, for a few months, I, I wasn't working. My husband wasn't working. 
And so that might not be you, but even if you did keep your job, which I'm sure you found to be a blessing to some degree, even though if you're in healthcare, lots of other jobs became crazy. I really feel like I'm rambling, but my point is most of us didn't do things. We didn't go out to dinner. We didn't go shopping. We go to the movies, things like that. And so when we were at her apartment, and she she was not home. She works for Disney Cruise Line. So she was out on the cruise ships doing like test cruises. And so it was just us. And it was like, sometimes we would, we would go to the store, you know, or maybe we might go to the store twice. We would take the dogs for a walk, like sometimes in the morning, sometimes in the afternoon. We would, middle of the day, maybe walk around her building. And then if we were feeling particularly crazy, we would walk around like two buildings, you know. I mean, it was just... It was a very quiet time. And so it was an adjustment though. I mean, it was just, it was, it was an adjustment. Now we're on the other side. I think officially I can go ahead and use like the phrase or say the words, we're on the other side of the pandemic. We're out of the pandemic. I know we're not out of the, the consequences and of the, all that of the pandemic, but we're out of the pandemic. And so now it's time to transition to a new normal. And you've probably had a lot to process, no matter what your job or family situation has been. You're listening to me. You're on a podcast about mental and emotional well-being, which means you probably have some things that you struggle with. And, and I, I have. I've had a lot to process over the past couple of years. I feel like I'm finally like coming back and getting out into the world, but it's a process. So I thought to start this season that I would give you my five tips for mental well-being in a post-pandemic world. And in light of just the stories, you know, the funny things I just shared, I think number one has to be this. Realize you might need as much time to adjust to post-pandemic life as you did to adjust to pandemic life. Change is change. I'm not a person who's particularly fearful of change. I mean, how about you? How do you feel about change? I, I, I enjoy change. I get bored easily. But these are like unprecedented changes. I mean, we've we lived through a pandemic. Oh my gosh. So these are not just little changes. These are big changes. But now that the world is opening back up, and, and I'm not just talking about like my husband and I, we were laughing because if somebody says, especially unexpectedly, if they say, hey, do you want to go out to dinner? And I'm like, Oh my God, you mean I have to put on clothes and, and makeup and hair, I have to do all that. And he's like, Oh, I don't know. I have to put on my pants too. (laughs) I mean, you might identify to some degree life outside of our homes has been limited for the past couple of years. And so now we can get back out. I know some people are still masking and, but we can get back out and, and work is changing for some of us. You know, I know that virtual for some jobs has remained virtual or there's a choice or some has gone hybrid. I know some businesses have gone back to the office, which I think was probably a a difficult adjustment if you're in that position or for some people, they really missed people. So I don't know, but it's, it's been different for me. I don't know if I ever told you this, but I was very resistant to doing virtual seminars because when I speak, I want faces, you know, I want laughter, I want voices. But virtual has been what I've done for the past two years. And now 
like live speaking is opening back up. So I get to do both. And that's really a, a blessing. But I'm having to like remember how I traveled. How did I book f- many flights? You know, how did I how did I pack? How did I do hotels and rental cars and blah, 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 all that stuff. So for my mental health, and I think for your mental health as well, just give yourself permission to fall and get back up and just give yourself time to adjust to this post-pandemic life. You need it. I need it. So there we go. That's the first thing I want you to do. The second thing, and I don't think these are things I've talked about before um, during our time together. The second thing is to examine which parts of your mental health that you're struggling with. You know, we talk about mental health, mental health, mental health, but I think sometimes we forget to break it down a little bit. So I'm going to put a link in the show notes, but let me read these to you. If you're driving, of course, just think if you actually, I may even put like a little worksheet that you can work through if you want to. So get, I'll, I'll, I'll put something in, in the show notes for you to use and websites. So I'm going to read to you the definition that has been like the hallmark of mental health definitions. Actually, I'm going to read you two, but the first one is the actual definition from 2004 from the World Health Organization, and they define mental health in the following way. It is a state of well-being. Okay, now I'm going to read one, two, three, four things, and I'm going to do them slowly so you can think about it. Like, really, which ones of these do I do well? Which ones do I struggle with? So the first one is state of well-being in which, number one, the individual realizes their abilities. So do you realize you're amazing and you have different abilities than other people, but you have abilities? Do you realize the abilities that you have? That's the first one. Think about that. Do you struggle? The second one I'm going to change. And if you know me at all, you will know why. The second one is that you can cope with the normal challenges of life. Now, the word in the definition is stresses. But as you know, and I'll put a link if you don't, don't like the word. That's my whole dissertation study is anti-stress word. Okay, so, but can cope with the normal challenges of life. Now, we have had abnormal challenges. And and part of why I'm so passionate about mental health is, and, and this discussion of stress is that if we, if we struggle dealing with what we would consider, quote, normal challenges of life, oh my gosh, what happens when the big things come along? So I would consider, let me just say for me, and then you think about for you, normal challenges of life would be um, keeping up with finances, having sick children who are grown, who are far away. Um, my husband and I both trying to work at home, you know, just life. So that's the second one. The third one can work productively and fruitfully. Now, work can mean staying home and taking care of your children. It can mean volunteering. It can mean working virtually. It can mean working full-time. It can mean anything. But can you be productive and can you be fruitful, you know, fulfilling so that you see the fruits of your labor? Is that something that you do well or that you struggle with? And the last one on this one is can contribute to their community. Okay, now notice it doesn't say does contribute, but it says can contribute, like you could. And we all should. I know that I should do better. Really be kind with yourself and be logical with yourself that you may not struggle with everything, but there are some things you struggle with. Now, the second one I want to read you is from a group of researchers, and they talk about mental well-being. So the other one was mental health. This one's mental well-being, having six subdomains. 
Again, these will be in the show notes. Number one, believing that your life has meaning. Oh my gosh, I sure hope that you do. Because I don't care who you are. There is something in your world that means something to other people and to you. So number one, believe your life has meaning. Number two, that you continue continue self-development and growth. You know, I've showed a video before, and I'll put it in the show notes, of my, my oldest son, who's now 34. When he was like four, he found a cigarette, like a cigarette butt on the ground, and he got it in a he wanted it, and one of the little boys who was older than him tried to take it from him, and they got in a good old little squabble, and I'm recording the whole thing. But if we're still having outbursts of anger like that, maybe not exactly like that, but it's just a metaphor. Is that right, metaphor? I don't know. I don't know those 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 grammar terms um, or literature terms. But if we're still having – if we have if we have no growth in our emotional – skills or conversation skills since we were little, then that's not a good place to be with well-being. Number three, good quality social connections. That means you're not a doormat, nor are you a tyrant. Good quality social connections means empowering relationships. Don't I, That you're not isolating yourself or you're not allowing yourself to be a part of a relationship that is harmful to you. Number four, that you believe you can overcome hurdles. That's so important. What if you don't believe that you can overcome the challenges in your life and then things like pandemics hit? I know you can overcome hurdles. If I can, you can. Number five, having a positive self-concept. That does not mean about everything on in your body, in your mind, in your skills. But overall, you look at yourself and you see yourself in a positive light. And number six, that you have a sense of purpose. What is it that you're contributing to the world? Why are you here? And that's a very deep question. But what I mean is you feel like there is something that you're doing, some relationship that you're contributing to, something that makes you feel like you have a purpose in life. So that, I believe, as we go into 2022, not into 2022, but into this new season, I wanted to really start with that. Examine those parts of your mental health and see which ones you do great with and which ones you are struggling with. Number three, define your mental health as a journey, not a destination. So this was an epiphany that I had, and I I can't give you all the details. I, I just can't because it wouldn't be appropriate. But I got very upset. Uh, it's probably been a month ago. Um, something happened. It was just a household thing. But, it, you know, it, this was not what is it? But, you know, when someone doesn't clean up when they're supposed to or put things away. I know you're nodding your head like, oh, yes. Well, this one left quite the big deal that needed to be taken care of. So who took care of it? Moi, of course. I say that sarcastically because I really don't think that we should have to say, of course, it's always me because it shouldn't be that way, but it was me. So I take care of it. I'm a big old mess. I'm all sweaty. I'm crying and venom was coming out of my mouth okay as I was talking about the situation and the people in the situation and I was so angry y'all I was just it was awful all this stuff was coming out of my mouth so I go take a shower my husband probably uh smartly is that a word well you know what I mean probably was a wise decision he just kind of stayed away for a bit and as I get out of the shower I peeked out and I told and I'm crying and I said I just had an epiphany and I'll tell you in just a minute. So I, you know, get dressed and everything and and come out and I'm still crying. And I said, 
Just yesterday, I told somebody that we teach other people how to treat us. Okay, now back to my normal voice. You, you know what I'm saying. You've heard that before. And it was not in a in a condescending way. I was just having a conversation with a friend. And I was saying, you know, I've heard. Because she was, she was kind of upset about some things that were going on with people in her world. Not doing, always looking to her. Always looking to her. And I said, well, you know, I've, have you heard that phrase that we teach other people how to treat us? And she was like, oh, that is true. Okay, so back to my crying. <sighs> so I said, we teach other people how to treat us. And I said, does that mean that people are just going to crap all over me unless I tell them not to? And I, in my head and in my heart in that moment, that's what I... I suddenly believed that people were awful and they were going to be awful unless we t- taught them and, and that they that they shouldn't be awful or that they were going to take advantage of me unless I t- taught them not to. Now, you may be shaking your head saying, well, that's true. You know, that's not the place that I want to be and it's not the belief system I want to have. So fast forward, I'm processing this over a couple of days. Several things happened. Um, I was talking to my my 34-year-old son, the one with the cigarette thing, and I was telling him about what had happened. And I said, I said, Jamie, it upset me so bad because I haven't had that kind of an outburst in a long time. And I said, it reminds me of, you know, my dad and my my mom who've both passed, but he had huge anger issues. And my mom got pretty, you know, manipulative and angry in her latter years, except for the end, if you've heard that session, you know, I'll put the link in the show notes, you know, that the end of her life was wonderful. But we have mental health issues in our family. And suddenly, this stuff is like, like, pouring out of me. And it just, it scared me and it upset me. And I'm telling my son this, and he says, Well, mom, you know, sometimes I learn something like a new skill or something I should or shouldn't do. And then later that it does or doesn't happen again. And I'm upset. He said, but then I realized, well, yeah, I learned it before, but this is a different situation. So maybe I need to learn it again. And I was like, wow, that is so good. And so the reason that I put it under this, this number three was define your mental health as a journey, not a destination. I think in some recesses of my brain, I thought that there might come a day where I wouldn't like there was this destination of oh, wonderful mental health. And there are, that is part of the journey, but it's a journey. Meaning if you can see my hand, I'm going up and down and up and down and up. I'm genetically wired the way that I am. I am immensely better than I was 25 years ago, 20, 10 years ago, five years ago. So all I want from you or all we should want from ourselves is that we try to feel better, be better, do better today than we did yesterday or last week. It is a journey. It is not a destination. We are going to have these great days and we might have some difficult days, but no beating ourselves up. Got it. All right. Number four, this goes along with this. If you've ever been in the hospital before or you've you've been with someone who's been hospitalized for like a few days, one of the things the nurse does typically is she'll come in, if it was like surgery or an injury, and say, rate your pain today. And even on, they have a whiteboard that has a zero to 10 with a frowny face to a happy face. Number four, I'm asking you, score yourself. Score yourself every day, especially if you are having a difficult mental health day. 
Now, I'm saying this is a very, very, I, I bet you a number's coming to your head right now. Like, like zero being the best and 10 being the worst. And I, is that the way I wanted to go? Whichever direction you want to go, I think so. Because on that board, zero's good and 10 is like, my pain is awful. So I'm going to say today, I'm like at a, at a two. I, I'm feeling really good today. It's a very happy day. Lots of good things. Um, that day that I just told you about was probably a 10. I was feeling awful. So I think it's important to give yourself a score just informally. But deeper than that, I'm going to put two links in the show notes for you. One of them is from um, sapienlabs.org. I found it through one of the mental health sites. And I'm going to, I'm going to pull this up on my computer. So I encourage you to register and give your email when you take it. You don't have to, but if you do, you get back a more detailed report. So it takes about 20 minutes and you answer all these questions and then it gives you back a score. And the score is from negative 100, which is distressed, up to 200, which is thriving. My score was 122. And I might put a screenshot of this so you can see mine. It's like a, it's like a, a long bar and then it has different colors. And mine is in the range of succeeding, not thriving, but succeeding. And then it gives you the subcategories. My lowest was mood and outlook. And I want to read this. It says, um, your responses indicate that your mood and outlook is generally good, but that you may occasionally experience some challenges that limit your ability to appreciate life to the fullest. (laughs) And I was like, uh, yeah, that is me for sure. But it's it's a really good way for you to look at these subcategories of your life. I won't read them all to you, but there's your social self, your mind-body connection, and, and there's several others. So that's one link. Okay, so remember, do an, do an unofficial informal score each day that you're feeling bad, and that will help you just remind yourself, this is part of my journey today. I might be a little higher or a little lower. The second score is is a mental health score from from Sapien Labs. And the third one is really a place to ask yourself if you're in crisis. So this one is a screening if you think you might need more help. Because listen, another thing I want for you as we go into this end of 2022, that you can take the time and that you have the ability to assess yourself and say, okay, is this something that I can handle on my own? And by my own, I mean either by just working it out in your head, talking to a friend, maybe you have counseling, or do I need help? Am I in crisis? I've said this before. I hope on here, and I'm going to say it again, don't ever let someone shame you into not getting help for your mental health. I think medication has an absolute place. I think you know that by now. Um, I am a person, I think, who may occasionally need help with medication if, you know, I told you I hadn't been on it since 1995 until COVID. And then I knew all of my triggers were coming together all at once. And I knew that that medication was something that would help. My brain chemistry was just way off balance. I don't think medication is the end all be all if you don't also try to grow and learn and develop your skills in some way. So don't let people shame you. Your decision as to how you want to handle your mental health is between you and you, you and God, you and your friends that you trust. As long as that is an empowering relationship, you understand what I'm saying. Maybe you and your spouse, but it needs to be people who will support and love you. Okay, so those links will be in the show notes. Please make use of those and share them with people who might need them. 
And the fifth one is something I just started talking about more recently. You know, my speaking has just blown up and it's good and bad. It's good because I want to help and I love to speak. It's bad because the world is struggling with mental health. So I've been speaking a lot lately specifically about mental health more than ever. And it brought me back to the times when I wrote my first book, Life Without the Monsters, and I shared my, I thought I would be speaking only about anxiety and mental health. And there were some things that I stopped talking about that now I'm talking about again. And one of them is number five. And number five is go outside and use your senses. And I don't think I've talked about that in a long, long time. What I mean by go outside and use your senses is exactly that. I mean, I don't think, I don't think that if I say to you that going outside is good for your mental health will make you go, really? I didn't know that. We all know that. I think, I believe we were created to be in nature, to be outdoors. And we, we, we hole up inside, especially during the pandemic. But although outside, let let me, let me retract that. Outside was something we could do as long as we weren't with other people. So by use your senses, just real quickly, uh, using your eyes. We know that there are receptors in your retina that when the sunlight hits them, it starts a cascade. And then there's vitamin D, which is a precursor to serotonin, which is the chemical that we are trying to adjust when you take antidepressants. So why would you not try to get natural serotonin when you can. Plus, just visually, when you see nature and beauty, it elevates your mood. The second, what you hear. We know that nature sounds, um, just the nature of hearing like waterfalls and brooks and oceans. And even actually when you listen to those things like on, you know, YouTube channels or whatever is helpful as well. But that elevates your mood. What you smell. We know there is a connection. Your sense of smell is so cool. You have nerve endings that go from your nose to the amygdala and the hippocampus in your brain. And those are your memory emotion centers. And so when you smell something and it has an emotional connection, it is stronger than any of your other senses. So what the research says is consciously indicate what you're smelling, especially if there's an an emotional connection. And then you can use that to enhance your mental health. Okay, what you taste and what you touch. What you taste, we know that picnicking outside. One of the research articles I read said, literally, this is what it said, decreases your tendency to be annoyed. Well, who doesn't need to be annoyed less? And then what you touch, (coughs) excuse me, what you touch, there are also receptors in your skin. There's something called dermal nitric oxide. When the sunlight hits your skin, it starts a reaction that in turn produces, say it with me, serotonin. So there you go. So I have lots of things in the show notes. Remember, let me restate. Number one, realize you might need time to adjust to post-pandemic life. Number two, examine which parts of your mental health you're good with, which ones you're struggling with. Number three, define your mental health as a journey, not a destination. Number four, score yourself and use those links that I sent And finally, number five, go outside and use your senses. And that is all that I have for you today. Thank you so much. I hope that this season we're just going to explode with women. Please invite your friends. I'm just, I'm more excited now than I have been in two years to just get back into the world, get back into learning, get back into growing for myself. This is therapeutic for me and for you. I hope it's therapeutic for you. 
So join the Facebook group if you have not done so already. Please leave me a comment on the show notes, you know, on the the blog on my website. Uh, Text me. Let me know any topics you would like to hear. I'm just so excited to be back with you. And I haven't said this for a long time. I'm excited to say, well, we did have that one session over the summer. Yeah, about Roe Roe v. Wade. But but now we're back in full season. So I'm going to say it with just as much gusto as I can. And until next time, consider yourself hugged. <laughs> <laughs>